All right. Tyler, <sighs> you like Ozark. Oh, love that show. One of the best shows I think Netflix has ever, ever put together. I agree. And good news, maybe kind of bad news, depending on how you look at it. Fourth and final season is renewed. And they're going to do two a two-parter. So they're going to do seven and then a break and then seven. So I feel like it's more like a last season and a half. Versus yeah, because isn't typically eight episodes a season for them? I believe so. Uh, it's easy enough to find out. I think it is eight. Half. Eight, eight is my is my gut feeling, but yeah, I don't know definitively. No, it's I mean, ten. It could, it's ten. It's ten. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, season three was ten. Uh, season two was ten. So yeah, it looks like it's all ten. Um, I mean. Uh, I don't get like I'm super hyped that there's going to be a fourth one and to get 14 instead of 10. That's also a nice, nice thing. I don't like when they do mid season breaks. It's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. And it's, it's an even bigger pet peeve when they pull that shit on a streaming service where the whole reason you subscribe is for the ability to binge. Yeah. It's definitely weird. Like I'm not a fan of, of the mid season break either. Like billions is doing that right now. Um, like, like I think yeah, it, that irritates me. Like, I don't like it. Like at that point, like just do the full season and then just like break like you normally would in between seasons. Um, so I'm not a fan that they're breaking it up. Um, but I also think it's one more season is like enough for Ozark. Like, because where they ended it last season, I don't know how you would carry it on for like two or three more seasons. Yeah. For sure, like you definitely need to wrap it up while it's all nice and clean before you start running, running out of ideas, wild, yeah, wild story plots and fucking whatnot, just to try and keep things, keep things going for sure. I am a little worried though that like ending it like this and where they left it off, like if we're gonna run into a Breaking Bad esque type ending, like I feel like that would be the easy way out to wrap up the whole show. Oh yeah. But I would I, I would feel kind of ripped off if they, you know, did it in the same vein as how Breaking Bad ended with, you know, the main character that is technically a bad guy, but you root for him. He's like an antihero. Yeah. And then he dies at the end, you know, due to his life decision. Like yeah. I would be I feel not, like not happy. The, yeah, I feel like that's the easiest way to, for them to do it. I I have no idea if that's how they're gonna do it or not. I don't know. I I feel like if they did it right. I'd be all right with it, but it wouldn't be the ending that I would like initially like gut feeling want. Mm -hmm. But like if they did it right, like I liked the ending to Breaking Bad. So no, I um, did too. But I, but I've seen that ending, right? So I yeah. don't want to go to this yeah. show where like it's different, but there there's definitely some parallels that you can draw between this series and Breaking Bad. Oh, for sure, for sure. So I would I would feel like I was ripped off if they decided to end it in the same vein as Breaking Bad. Like, not, not yeah. to speak ill of Breaking Bad's ending. No. It was a phenomenal I, show, and it was a perfect ending. Yeah. I just don't want to see it repeated, right? Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I, I agree with that. Like, I think it's I think it's a great show. Um, I really like Jason Bateman when he's, like, in these more dramatic, serious roles. I actually think he's really good that way. Oh, phenomenal. Um, which, like, if you would ask me, like, six or seven years ago, like, Jason Bateman in like a kind of serious dramatic role, I probably would have laughed you out of the room. Mm -hmm. And then he did Ozark and I was like, oh damn, like he's, 
really good um, in that. And yeah, I really like the show. And uh, I think it was a few weeks back. We talked about shows that like where they get like the backdrop technical stuff, right? They get money laundering pretty great in this show. So I as an accountant, I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and that's and that's always good when a show actually goes out of its way to like bring forth realism. Yeah, yeah like, it's, like it's much appreciated, right? And the biggest yeah. example that I can think of that nailed it on the head was um, Mr. Robot. Yeah, I, I heard that. Like, like a, I don't know shit about like computer programming or anything, but like hearing you talk and like anyone that I've known that does know about that say like, yeah, they got that pretty good. Yeah, they they nailed a lot of aspects because like as someone who like I'm nowhere near an expert programmer by any fucking stretch of the imagination, but I do know my way around a few programming languages enough that I could, you yeah. know, fumble my way through the code. Yeah. Not that great at writing it, but I can understand what's happening when I look at the code. I'm like, okay, yeah. this is doing that. That's doing that. So like when I see him and he's doing stuff like their, their call outs and the references to him using like Kali Linux made me super happy because as someone who actually has played around with Kali Linux, which is a security uh, penetration testing operating system, like it was awesome to see him actually using those tools. Cause like that's, that's legitimately how a lot of people go about doing stuff like that, using these tools and these operating systems and the lines of code he was writing and the Python. It was like, wow, that's that's legit. That's an actual Python script. That's the actual yeah. Kali software. Like it's so yeah, I do appreciate that. But to to go back to a second where you said you would have laughed me out of the room if I told you Jason Bateman in a serious role, it just made me think for a second that looking back at a lot of his roles. He's a serious guy. It's just the tone of the show. Yeah. That brings it to, like if you look at him in Arrested Development or in like Horrible Bosses, like he's not going out of his way to be like a funny guy. That is but true. The, but the series or the show, like the the atmosphere is set up in the way that it's a comedy. So his reactions and his, you know, the way he talks and what he does comes across funny. But if you were to take that comedic tone out of any of the pre well, not any of them, but out of some of his like previous acting yeah. endeavors. Yeah. He, he's very much the same. Yeah. And like his, his comedic tone is very much kind of like a serious dry humor tone. Um, so like it, it's not like this, like eccentric, like, um, like a Jim Carrey or a Will. Yeah. Fan. Like it's more of like a dry kind of like almost sarcastic, uh, humor. Yeah. He's um, very deadpan. Yeah. Which I think, makes it easy like he he does that very well and i think um that's also why he's able to do this dramatic stuff so good and i was just looking at his imdb uh talk about another uh like dramatic role that he just did um small but it was the outsider on hbo the stephen king series oh yeah that's I right i don't know if you watched that or not i did i actually quite enjoyed it yeah me too i like thoroughly enjoyed it i was a big Although fan of it I will say it was kind of it. One of one of my pet peeves with some of these like shows that come out is you like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm interested in that show. But then you look at like who's on the roster and you're like, oh, OK, cool. Like they got this guy and this guy and this girl and blah, blah, blah. Like you think it's an all star cast and then you get into the show and spoiler alert for those who haven't watched The Outsider. But he's only in like the first, what, two episodes? Yeah, pretty much. Not, uh, yeah, then, I want to say gone. He's, and he's, I think he's barely even in the second episode. Like they set him up yeah. as, yeah. 
So yeah, I, I was the same right. way because I was like, oh shit, like, and then I was like, oh, it, okay, never mind, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, it brings me to back to that when we were talking about um, life with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds, yeah, and how they advertised it like it's a Ryan Reynolds Jake Gyllenhaal movie, but in actuality, Ryan Reynolds, again, spoiler alert, dies in like the first ten minutes of the fucking movie, and then he's not in there anymore. Yeah, yeah, I like didn't... it's kind of it's it's in a way it's deceptive, false advertising. Yeah, and it's, it's not, that doesn't take anything away from The Outsider. I think that was one of the best HBO shows that's come out in a long time. And yeah. personally, I hope to God they keep doing like Stephen King adaptations as like 10 part miniseries. Yeah, like, that is the way to go for it for like the Stephen King line of work anyway. Yeah. Like I, not I, to take away anything from like previous Stephen King movies, mm-hmm. but like. Like The Shining is obviously a classic in a lot of people's minds. Sure. And I think a lot yeah. of that has to do with a lot of people are like big Stanley Kubrick um, fans, right? And he can do no wrong. Yeah. And like I, I have a few friends like that, that yeah. like anything Stanley Kubrick put out is a masterpiece and genius. But like I think The yeah. Shining would be way more interesting if it was done in the same vein as The Outsider, where it was like a 10 part miniseries. Yeah. It'd be hard to say unless like seeing it but i know um uh, what was the other 10 part miniseries um of stephen king that was really good uh 11 with um james uh, franco yes yes um, i also really really enjoyed that stumbled yeah. across it completely by accident watched an episode and then just ended up binging the whole thing yeah um and it was fantastic was, yeah it was really good um I was a big fan of that, um, but a TV adaption that was not good was oh shit, what was it? It was a network one, which is probably where it where the big issue was. Oh, the Under the Dome one. And you know what? This I'm gonna I'm probably gonna get shit on for this. I liked it. I, I liked Under the Dome. I feel like don't get me wrong. If it was yeah. done like through HBO or like yeah. a bigger studio where they could be a little more gritty and dark with it, and not have yeah. to like because I mean. If, if I recall correctly, it was on ABC. I believe you're right. Yeah. Which like ABC's parent company is Disney, right? So, you know, they with some network television, like your Showtime, your stars or whatever, they can get away with a little bit more. But when you have someone like ABC, they keep it very family friendly. Yeah. And they and they're very much like this is the network TV model. So here is. Here's 22 episodes um, each season. Like it's it's very much like cookie cutter network stuff um, that kind of has like rules and like a method that is like almost universal. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, like I think yeah. I remember enjoying the first season of that show. I think it um, only had one or it did have two and I then it got canceled. I thought, I thought it had two or three or something. I could be wrong. Oh, I don't I don't think it went up to three, but I, re- I I actually I I enjoyed that show a lot and I was into it and I wanted more and that was it. It was done. It was over. It got canceled. It got scrapped and I was heartbroken cuz like I'm not a big book reader, so I wasn't about to go read the book. Yeah, and I'm enough. sure I could get all the closure I wanted, but yeah. I wanted the closure from that damn TV show. Yeah. And like I'm not, um, I'm not a big book reader anymore. But I listen to a lot of audiobooks just because I have a really long commute and I have an office job. So, um, like I, I listened to the Under the Dome book like, like a year ago, and I was like, oh man, this is like it was actually really good um, how they did it. 
And then I was like, oh, that would actually probably be a really good TV series if they did it right. And then I was like, oh, right, there's that network one. And I was like, oh, right. They already did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be damned. It was it was three seasons. I don't remember it being that long because I just remember like being into it, wanting to know what happened. And then it was just cut off too soon oh, before I got my closure. So I'm, I'm assuming um, they didn't even tie tie it up at the end of the third season. No, I, if I recall correctly, it was just abruptly canceled. Like, I mean, they were starting to get to it, but but it wasn't unless that's how it actually ends in the book. I don't know. And in which case, then I'm certainly never going to read or listen to the book if that's how it ends. I'm just looking up like I just pulled up the MBB page and I'm looking at the very last episode description. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at as well. Um, and I'm just trying to remember if that's. And I don't know if they changed anything from the book or not. Well, I, I either way, I I vote that they redo it as as like a mini series on HBO and do it properly. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, HBO is doing I want to say they're doing the stand, which is like Stephen King's like one of his biggest books ever. Um, and I want to say HBO is doing that. Someone's doing that. Well, just I mean, again, it comes down to like his line of work. I think it's best done. Yeah, like, you can't just do them in movies, right? And no. like, God, when I heard that they were going to do Dark Towers, the Dark oh, Tower series yeah. as an HBO show, I was excited. And then when they're like, oh, never mind, we're going to do it as a movie. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And I it's like, that, oh, but we got doing. The are TV they still show? doing it? I think so. Well, because they did the movie as like a feeler with uh, Idris Elba and. Matthew McConaughey and like mm. it wasn't a bad movie it wasn't great but again they tried to pack so much into its two-hour runtime yeah that like you don't even scratch the surface of the first book let no. alone like the six or seven that are in that series they're big yeah. books yeah they're thick, big books I I read the first one and most of the second one I never watched the movie um, I'm just looking up here So I think this article at Deadline says the Dark Tower series adaption not going forward at Amazon. <laughs> so yeah. I think it was, and then they they kind of canned it. Yeah, and I think if I recall correctly, that's because they put the movie out and the movie didn't make as much bank as they had hoped. And they're like, okay, well, yeah. there's obviously not an audience for this, so I guess we'll just scrap it. When in actuality, it's like, no, there's a big audience, but they want justice for the for the yeah. piece of art that's going to be transformed across mediums, right? Yeah, and I want to say they were going to try to do like, like I want to say the original plan was that they were going to make a bunch of movies, and then the TV show was kind of going to tie into it a little bit. So well, I, you know, I'm wondering even, if that was the case where like they had this plan where they're going to do like a bunch of movies, and then the TV show maybe ties into some backstory. Um, that's kind of tied into the movies, but then they drop the movie projects. They're like, Hey, we're just not going to do the TV show because the plan was to tie it into the movies. So, and that seems, that seems like a weird format to try and do that. I could get on board yeah. if they did, um, like a season and then a movie. Like if you did like a 10, one hour episode season, and then you do a movie that's like two hours long, but it still progresses the main story. And then you go back to a season and then a movie and then a season and then a movie. I feel like that would be enough to cover everything that you would need to cover. I, I don't, I don't think it would be that good if they 
did the movies and then the television show was like semi-related and kind of tied it together but was still yeah. off key because you yeah. know they tried they with the budget stuff right you know they try to get the big name people for the movies yeah. but then they cheap out and they try to get you know not yeah. as expensive actors to do the movie yeah and that sort of stuff that's my big gripe with the dc universe right like yeah. how we talked about last time yeah. i hate that there's two different guys who are the flash yeah it irritates the hell out of me yeah yeah pretty much but, but yeah i mean yeah that was Zark coming back and it'll be the end of it yeah i almost wish that instead of doing a 14 run final season where they do a break in between why not just do two seasons of eight episodes that's yeah like it's um because it would only be four more episodes mm -hmm. um so yeah i don't know why unless it's hard to it's hard to know until we see some of it um i just i just don't like mid-season breaks no me neither and like i i hate and I guess it depends. It's going to depend on how long their mid-season yeah. break is. If their mid-season break is like, oh, we're going to air the first seven and then three months later we'll air the other seven. Okay, not happy about it, but I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll, yeah, that's not I'll bad. Accept it. If, it, if they pull the same kind of shit that like Game of Thrones pulled and Westworld and Mr. Robot where they're like breaks in between seasons is like a year and a half yeah i will, I will lose my mind yeah because like at that point like i like i'm almost like it's not like like i i've got to go back and remember what what the fuck happened right mm -hmm. and maybe that's what they're banking on maybe they're like oh if we separate this out enough people will at some point before the final seven episodes are released they'll go back and they'll binge and that's more money in our pocket maybe that's their model that they're going yeah. for i don't I don't know, but it's a as as a fan of television and movies and whatnot. To me, it's irritating that like oh, fuck. It was almost two years I had to wait for the third season of Westworld, and that killed me. Yeah, see, I uh, after the second season of Westworld, I I was super not interested in that show. Well, and I I think what it does too, and and maybe not on a wide enough scale that the studios would be concerned about it, but I think you kind of like disenfranchise your your fans right like if you do the yeah. first season and then the next year you do a second season and then you're like oh yeah we'll bring the third season out in two years yeah you'll have some of the diehard fans that'll go back and rewatch the first two seasons so that when the new season starts it's everything's fresh in their mind yeah but then like i know lots of people who because the season three of westworld in particular took so long to come out they gave up they're like i yeah. don't have the time or the energy to go back i don't remember anything it was yeah. so long ago and they just stopped watching that show. Yeah. And that was um, like, I think the first season of Westworld is amazing. Um, I liked a good chunk of season two, but a lot of season two, I really didn't like where they went story wise. Um, so I was kind of like backing out of it then. Um, and then season two ended and I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm into this anymore. And then it, it was kind of that, that case where if like season three had come out, like, not that long after season two, I probably would have like checked out one or two episodes, even though I wasn't really into it. But since it was so long, I was just like, I'm just probably not going to check into it because <laughs> I was kind of burning off of it. And then it, like you said, was so long where I'm just like, eh, nah, I'm just not going to bother. <laughs> yeah. Or you end up with an even worse situation, like the Game of Thrones situation, where you take a year and a half hiatus before you do the final season. And the final season turns out to be just a massive colossal piece of entertainment shit. Yeah. 
And then not only are you mad about how terrible the season is, but you're mad that you waited a year and a half with angst and excitement at the new season only to be delivered a fucking turd. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's the worst part with it. Um but I mean I've got high hopes for Ozark. Like I don't I don't think that the last season's gonna be bad, but because I think it's been really good so far. No, it, it's been absolutely phenomenal. This last yeah. season was was in, intense. Yeah, I think the it was one of the strongest like a, ones, to be honest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the, the first season was definitely um, like a slow burn, kind of, yeah. again, kind of in the vein of Breaking Bad, where you have the character development, and you're kind of getting it. The second season starts to take off a little bit, and then the third season, it's just like a nonstop thrill ride. Yeah, and the dude from Banshee that uh, was in it was amazing um do you remember him from banshee which guy was that uh uh what's her name's uh brother um he was in banshee oh was he, he the nazi cop yeah yeah ah uh, just yeah. i now that you say it like now like okay yeah no for sure yeah but i guess I, without seeing him with the shaved head and the the swastikas yeah. just yeah that he had he definitely threw on a southern accent in that show yeah, because I remember when I first watched Ozark and I was like, man, that guy looks really fucking familiar. I was like, what the fuck was he in? And I was like, and I was trying to remember and remember. And then it wasn't. And then I think shortly after that, I rewatched a few episodes of Banshee and I was like, oh, shit, it's him. I was like, oh, he's really good. And see, I thought you were going to say that you thought it was cool that they had. Um, not the guy from Banshee, but the guy from Power in it. I never watched Power uh what's his joseph sikora he pl he was in the in ozark he was um that mafia boss's son that she like kicks off the boat he causes uh. her all kinds of shit and she like trashes his trans am by putting bird seed all over it and they get shit on oh and... yeah yeah oh oh that guy okay yeah he's been yeah, in he other stuff in... too i've seen him in other stuff i don't remember what yeah he's been in, in quite a few things i I particularly recall him from from power, but like he was in um, what was it, Jacob's Ladder. He oh, apparently he had a couple small roles in Banshee, actually. OK, maybe that's where and, I entered and true detective. And true Boardwalk detective. Empire. Yeah, I remember him in Boardwalk Empire. I don't remember what he was in True Detective. In True Detective, he played a character named Ginger. Was the does it say what season? Mm, uh just says 2014 the secret fate of all life and who goes there those episodes oh hmm. must have been small roles but yeah he was in banshee chicago pd the intruder maniac i i saw him in power and like i don't know you i guess you haven't watched power yet but no for that show took me by surprise like it was yeah i think i, I had like a weekend where like for the first time ever i didn't have a bunch of like homework and lab reports so you just binged it? Yeah, it kept popping up on my crave, and it's just like, oh, final season of Power coming soon. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll give it a go. I I watched the first episode, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm into this. And then second episode, third episode, and it took me like under a week. I caught up and burned like all like six seasons. I might have to check that out at some point. Yeah, I, well, I burned I burned five seasons because that's what was out, and then I every week I would watch the new episodes as they were airing. It it was really really good, hmm. like really really fucking good, like very gritty. Like, okay. and I don't if you I, you heard anything about it. 
Uh, no. So, like, I don't even know what the premise is. Like, the whole premise is, is that guy that we were just talking about, Joseph Sakura. Him and this other guy who I've seen in places, but, like, I don't... The name doesn't sound familiar, but, like, you'll see his face and you'll be like, oh, I recognize him. His name's Omari Hardwick. But anyway, they both, like, they were drug dealers in... Uh, I believe New York or Chicago. I can't remember now, but they were like drug dealers when they were kids and they grew up as drug dealers. And then now that they're older, the main character, um, which is that uh, Omari Hardwick, his character's name is James St. Patrick. He decides he wants to start transitioning out of the drug world and he takes all the money he's made dealing drugs and he opens up a nightclub. Uh, okay. And originally the idea is I'm he's, he's I'm going to open up this nightclub and that way we can launder our drug money through it. It's kind of how he pitches it to his partner. Right. Yeah. The Joseph Sikora, his character's okay, yeah. name is Tommy. Yeah. And so throughout that it's like, oh, he's trying to balance like having a wife and he's got two kids and he's trying to keep them like you know, in the upper class kind of growing up, right? Like where they go to nice schools, they have nice right, things yeah. like other than his wife, no one really knows that he's a big time drug kingpin. Right. Yeah. So he's trying to transition away from being a drug kingpin to just being a nightclub owner and kind of get his foot in the door to run different nightclubs in the city. But okay. Tommy's Tommy's very resistant. He's kind of like, no, uh, we grew up. This is who we are. This is what we do. And then there's just yeah. all kinds of like crazy shit that happens in between. Okay. But <laughs> it's a star show. So, I mean, full yeah. of. Blood, nuts, gore, and nudity, foul language. Yeah, <laughs> that is one thing they do. Yeah, and they did it well. And it was something, it was never on my radar. And I don't even, I think it was just seeing it on Crave. And then I read 50 Cent had something to do with it. And I was like, huh. well, I don't know, but I'll check it out. And then, yeah, a few episodes in, I was like hooked. I was like, I need to see how it goes. And out of all, because I've, I've watched so many TV shows, like from start to finish like the series premiere all the way to the series finale to this day. It is one of the best series finale episodes I've ever seen in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, and I, I I don't use that lightly. Like there's (laughs) lots of shows that have good endings. There's lots that have terrible endings (laughs) like game of Thrones and Dexter come to mind immediately. Those are just terrible finales. Yeah. But this finale was so fucking good. And it's just one of those shows where you're like, you're rooting for him, but then you're rooting against him and then you're for him and then you're against him. And like the whole time you're watching the show, you're just back and forth. Like, I hate this guy. I love this guy. Well, the the anti-hero thing, right? Which is, yeah, like, which is what Jason Bateman is, right? And those are like, he's yeah. Yeah. But that finale, fuck. Like, I still think about it sometimes. It was such a good finale. It was like, especially because once you get to know his character, and then the way it ends, you're kind of like, well, how is how is this going to wrap up given what I know about this James St. Patrick character? And then like the finale, just you're like, yep, that's such a James St. Patrick move. That's a fucking power move. That's why the show's called Power. This huh? guy is a fucking boss. OK, so good. Such a good ending. Highly, highly recommend hmm. that I've, as someone who heard of it, like back in the day that like saw it in a few cues or like uh, on tv or something like that i never really paid much attention to it but now that you're kind of singing its praise i'm probably gonna add that to my list 
it's it's just, it's weird how I come across them. Like, because that's the same thing too. Usually, I just go off of friends' recommendations. Like, yeah. oh, you should check this out or this out or that out. Yeah. But then, just occasionally, I'll just randomly check out a show. I'm like, well, maybe I'll watch the first couple episodes of this show I've never seen before, yeah. and see how it hits. And yeah. it it drew me, and I binged it all. And when it ended, I was like, you know, tip like most shows that you really enjoy, you're sad to see it end. But the way it ended, I was like, yep, that's good. I'm content. They wrapped it up. I feel good about this and I can just move on. And I'm, I'm happier because of it. Yeah, that's always a nice feeling when they kind of wrap up a show, like kind of in a nice little bow. And you're like, yeah, that was good. Like, I'm I'm good with that. I don't need any more. Mm-hmm. Like, that's always. And I, I hope they do that with Ozark. Um, I think they will, but I don't know. Let's see, I, I, I feel like they will. I, but I mean, at least they're giving it the closure, right? Like, yeah. My biggest concern when I got into Ozark was Netflix kind of has, you know, a three season history of supporting a show for three seasons and then just abruptly ending it. Yeah. And I think I don't know that uh, like renewed for fourth and final season is Netflix's call. Like, because I think Ozark has been popular enough that I bet if the showrunners were like, yeah, we got an idea for a few more. I bet they could do it. But uh, they probably could. But I mean, I think it comes down to legalese, right? Yeah. Like considering that it's a Netflix original and they foot the bill and it's exclusive yeah. to the Netflix streaming platform. I would not yeah. be surprised if there was something in there that states when the show ends, Netflix maintains exclusive rights for X oh, amount yeah. of time. Right? For sure, so, yeah. For sure. Even if they were like Netflix is like, yeah, we're we think it's good. We're just going to end it here. And the yeah. cast and crew and everyone's like, well, we want to do another season. I don't think they would legally be allowed to take that show to any other network and carry no. on. No, I don't think so. Being the, they probably own the IP mm-hmm. for it and all that. So, see, so yeah, I'm I'm curious where it goes, but there's a lot of really good stuff in Ozark. So especially their money laundering. They they do that pretty good. That's how you yeah. would do it right. That's how you would do it right. <laughs> Thinking about it, man, it really does draw a lot of parallels to Breaking Bad. Because yeah. like I'm I'm like, he's the main one involved, but then as the show progresses, she gets clued into what is happening. Yeah. And then she gets more involved, and then you end up like despising her. Yeah. And then just the kids, like you did with Yeah. The, just the like kids. with Skyler. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's uh it it definitely takes some inspiration um from Breaking Bad, but it also does its own thing too. Um, but yeah, I really like it. Yeah. Jason Bateman definitely hit a, hit a home run with that one. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, what was it? I think going into like, whenever they were like, Hey, we're going to do this riverboat thing. I remember at that point I was like, okay, where's this show going to go? Like, Mm -hmm. and then it turns out that they actually did that pretty well. And I was like, okay, that actually turned out. Like, I totally thought that that was, like, not going to work. I was like, oh, what the fuck are they doing? They're making a riverboat casino. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, this doesn't seem like it fits at all. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and then they did it and, like, how they tied some storylines into that. I was like, okay, no, they totally made that work. But, like, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious where they go in the final season. And I'm curious how they end it, especially being how they ended last season where they're like fully in to the cartel new right-hand person you know north of the border um yeah i'm curious about that so yeah it'd be good do we have a date yet 
Or just a confirmation? Just a confirmation. I don't think it's a... Uh, yeah, I don't think it's got a date. Uh, yeah, because they just finished airing like season three not that long ago. Yeah, no, I'm just watching whatever this tweet that said announced season four. I'm just seeing if there's a date on it. I don't think there is. No. No, it's just like a confirmation teaser that like, hey, it's happening. Yeah. So no date yet, but I I, this time in between Ozark seasons, I don't remember being terribly long. So I think it was a year. Yeah. So I don't think it'll be be that long. And when when did season three? It wasn't that long ago, but it also feels like it could have been that long ago. Yeah, because I've yeah. kind of lost sense of time this year. I feel like most people are in the same boat there. Um, March, the end of March. Okay, so that wasn't that long ago. So you got to think maybe it's coming around. The new year of 2021, I'm depending just on, on whether they can actually go into production or not. Yeah, because this first season premiered in July 2017. Season two was August 2018, so pretty much a year. And then season three was March 2020. So a year and a half in between two and three. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if they're teasing it right now, you got to think it's probably coming up really soon. Within a couple of months. Because usually Netflix doesn't do the like, here's... Like usually from announcement like to on screen, it's usually fairly quick. I feel like for Netflix, like it's usually not like, hey, here it is. It'll be here in like two and a half years. Like I feel like they're usually pretty quick with that. But Well, the streaming platforms are really fucking killing it these days. Like, yeah, like Netflix was first a thing and people like when they just did DVD rentals and everyone said it was going to tank and then. When they started a streaming platform, everyone's like, who's going to fucking pay for that? that, Like now everyone (laughs) is trying to get in on the streaming game, but Netflix still dominates it, right? Like there's so many services out there, but the one thing that you can be certain of is everybody has a Netflix account. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't know anyone who doesn't have a Netflix account or access or shares a Netflix account, right? But like, I got lots of friends who aren't on prime video. I know lots of people who don't use crave lots of people who don't care about Disney plus, but everybody, yeah. everybody uses Netflix. Yeah, pretty much like it's such, they kind of have a really good market with it. So, yeah. And that, I think a lot are scrambling to try and catch up and like talking about our next story here. Like I think Amazon is definitely starting to pick up steam with some of their series. Yeah. Um, which apparently is going to be a Fallout series from the Westworld creators. See, and that's I'm scared because video, like we talked about the the one episode, video game adaptations, yeah, typically don't go very well. Yeah. That being said, Westworld is such a piece of cinematography, like mastery. Like it is just, in my opinion, I think it's just one of the best written and best yeah. like filmed shows out there. Like, I think it's, the. I think the first season is, and I think a good chunk of the second season is. Um, You're just hating on that third season, eh? To be honest, I, I haven't even tried watching the third season because a lot of uh, where they took the story and 
where they were going with the whole Westworld thing, like midway through season two, I was like, I'm not into this one bit. Like I was super on board the first season with like everything happening in Westworld and all of that. And then season two was more of that. And then they did like Samurai World and all of that stuff. And I was like, this is really good. And then they started transitioning to like, hey, we're going to go outside of these parks and into the like real world. And I'm like, I'm not really into that. Well, where else would you go with a story like that? Like, yeah, you can't just keep it in the park forever. No, and I get that. And I think it's just maybe I'll try to maybe I'll watch season three at some point. But it it was really good. Really good. I think the first season was like hands down my favorite. And I thoroughly enjoyed the second season. But I think the third season is my second favorite season. Oh, okay. And it was just, again, it was just beautifully shot. Like, yeah. like I watched the yeah, new episodes sure. when they aired. So before and after each episode, they did like a little five minute B-roll behind the scenes where they're talking to the actors and the directors and the film crew and like where they're on location filming and stuff like that. And like, if you watch the third season, what it's crazy because the whole third season, like where they're filming and stuff, it looks like a futuristic city that doesn't exist. But in actuality, like, they filmed like at real locations. So like everywhere they filmed in the third season is an actual place in the world that actually exists like that. Like it wasn't just a green screen city and they filmed it in a studio lot. Like they went, a lot of it was filmed in um, Singapore and Seoul, hmm. Seoul, Seoul, Seoul. So and I like, mean. yeah. And it makes it personally, it makes me want to go to Singapore, like seeing Fair some enough. of these buildings where they were filming and it looks like what the future is going to look like but it's yeah. the future is now in singapore yeah yeah and like like i might not have liked where they went story-wise but that show always had amazing cinematography and amazing music too um like the, oh, the yeah. general atmosphere of of that show uh, regardless of where the story went um like just looked and sounded beautiful um i feel like, like hbo does that really well because like well i good, well, a good I chunk really or go ahead no, go ahead. Um, like a good chunk of season eight of Game of Thrones, I think is like really gorgeous and sounds awesome. Minus the shit where you can't see anything. Um, so I feel like HBO always does really good cinematography. Well, and going back to the soundtrack, I absolutely loved how they did a lot of the music Westworld because like and a lot of people that I spoke to didn't even realize it. They'd be like, oh, that song sounds familiar. And it's like, yes, what they're doing is they're taking like modern day songs but they're just doing them in an instrumental version with completely yeah. different instruments yeah. yeah so like you sounds familiar to you because like it is i think the one episode they did a foo fighter song i know in yeah. another episode they used the nine inch nail song but they did it all on like an old school old western piano yeah like just brilliant yeah yeah i like how they do the music and then uh like slow it down and speed it up and stuff too based on like what's happening like it's it's really mm -hmm. good um so like yeah i'm curious what the fuck they do with the fallout series i mean i think the nice part um as someone who's played a disgusting amount of the fallout games that universe and the lore is so huge and fleshed out that i don't think that's going to be the issue i think it's finding a good story in that yeah i and as someone like i think i played Fallout New Vegas was my first dabble into the Fallout series, and I played about halfway through Fallout 4, but that's it. I never played the original yeah. two Fallouts. Yeah. So I, 
I would imagine, and I don't know for sure, but I would imagine the way that they would go is they would set it up as in the Fallout universe. Yeah. So like it's in the same realm that the Fallout games take place in. Yeah. But they'll come up with their own character, their own story, and there'll just be like, yeah. you know, call outs to the games and stuff. Like I'm sure you'll see the nuka cola and i'm sure you'll see the vault and i'm sure you'll see the pit boy and like all those things that are synonymous yeah. with the fallout franchise but and i don't think it'll follow any of the specific fallout franchise stories no like i think you'll you'll probably see some of the factions like the big ones like it's you'll probably see the brotherhood of steel or something at some point but mm -hmm. and it's just like the universe is so like there's so much lore in those bethesda games and the universes are so fleshed out that there's a lot you can draw upon and I mean, it's, it's easy enough to start a new story somewhere in America because you can just pick a place that a game hasn't taken place in and say, okay, this is this dude coming out of the vault. That's the start yeah. of the story, right? It's yeah. where you go with that. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure because it's not like uh, when we talked about the last of us, like it's not uh, like the follow games, like the core story of those games has never been like, what the best part of those games are right mm -hmm. like the best part of those games is like finding all this shit in the universe and finding like all this atmosphere at atmospheric stuff and lore um like I i've never finished one of those games and been like oh that main story was something else it was like oh that was fine yeah so i'm curious what they do with it um but yeah <clears throat> i'm i'm concerned and i'm excited i just i really hope for their sake that they have some people like showrunners or writers or something that are like big fallout fans yeah someone that understands the lore and like yeah is that can pull upon like the really cool like maybe kind of offset lore that like people like me that have played like 600 hours of like fallout games you know are gonna catch and go oh shit yeah and that's what they need to do, because like, I feel like that's a, a surefire way to take any sort of like from one medium to another, particularly video games. But I see it a lot in comic books, too, where it's like, oh, we're going to take this comic book and we're going to turn it into a movie. They hire everyone and then they go, OK, so this is what we want to do. Go read the comic books and then we'll get into it when in actuality they should like bring people on who are diehard fanatics of it, yeah. who know everything inside and out, right? Like don't pay someone to go and play fallout yeah. so that they can write the story about it. Hire someone who knows fallout. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do with it. And I also think um, they're going to have to have really good CGI uh, because of all the fucking creatures that are in fallout. Like it's yes. very much like it's, it's, humans aren't like the creatures outnumber the humans right like you're fighting these big creatures and mm -hmm. i feel like you're gonna have to have those in there and i feel like if you do the cgi where it looks like shit um yeah like amazon that... hear me out right now don't hire the guys who do the cgi for dc's teen titans please <laughs> yes please do not uh do not chef it out to those people because <laughs> yeah my god that's that stuff looks horrid um, but I, th I feel like we're in a place now, especially with technology and like AI, machine learning, computer animation, all that sort of stuff. Where like, yeah, maybe 
four or five years ago, this wouldn't have been an easy thing to undertake. And no. I'm sure it's still going to be difficult, but I think yeah. we're definitely with the technology in a better place to bring this to life, right? Yeah, and especially this being like a an Amazon first party series, um, like Titans isn't a first party Amazon series. Um, but like with this being a first party, they're going to hopefully have the Amazon resources um, to make it good. Um, yeah, it's not like they're short on cash. It's not yeah. like they're just buying this show from another studio and they're like, yeah, we'll give you a home to put your show like they're yeah. doing the whole nine yards. Yeah. Right? And you, you look at they put the money in. Yeah, and you look at something like the boys and the CGI there is pretty good. Um, mind you, it wouldn't be uh, like it'd be way more in a Fallout series than it would be in something like Yeah, that. but I mean, even look at um, what was the other one they did? Uh, Carnival? Carnival? I never watched that one. Uh, it's got what's her name in it. Not a, uh, can't think of the name for the life of me. Cara Delevingne and. Oh, um, Carnival Row. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, that's true. That's... I, right? I watched one episode of that and wasn't couldn't get into it. But yeah, the, uh, the CGI yeah, the story was wasn't. Yeah, the story wasn't for me either, but uh, the, CGI... the CGI and stuff was really good. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. So yeah, like um, I guess that kind of cures that fear that I had because, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Probably because I only watched one episode, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, the CGI... I mean, they don't really have a lot of like CGI heavy shows on no. there. Yeah. on their streaming platform and the ones like their most popular ones aren't cgi heavy like like the born ultimatum show treadstone and yeah. jack Re jack ryan or is it jack reacher i always get yeah. those two confused jack ryan right yeah yeah but. sneaky pete those kind of shows yeah but i think the thing that kind of gives me hope for this is because there's such a big like world and lore in fallout like they just kind of need to come up with a good compelling story and then they just kind of mm. need to drop it in that universe and everything else is good. Yeah. So like, I feel like instead of uh, like making a show where it's like, okay, we got to develop this world and we've got to like develop some lore and stuff like that. Like they've got all that and it's all really good. They've just kind of got to come up with a compelling, good core story. Um, and I feel like I'd, Nothing much came out when they announced this, like what they're, if they're basing it on anything or anything like that. They just kind of said that, hey, we're we're in the very early stages of developing this. So maybe they end up basing it on some story, but I yeah, hope I mean, the time will tell. I mean, I'm sure as we get closer, more and more rumors will start swirling. We'll have a better understanding, but I'm I'm going to choose to stay hopeful on this one. I think oh, it, do, yeah. I think with the kind of resources and the money that they have and especially because like most people who use prime video didn't subscribe strictly to prime video. It just happens to be an after effect that they're an Amazon prime member. Therefore they get prime video, right? That's, that's why I, like, I don't think there's a lot of, <laughs> yeah. And that that's honestly why I have it too. Right? Like yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot of people that are going out of their way to subscribe solely to prime no. video. No, it's just like, Oh, well, I, I have Amazon prime cause I like my one day shipping and hey, I guess I get access to shows and shit. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think they know that, right? Like, I'm sure they know that that's where their subscriptions are coming from. Yeah. So they need to start pushing into more exclusive content that they create in house to start drawing in a, a a bigger audience, like Netflix does. Yeah, and I feel like they started to do that a little bit with movies, um, like being that they're uh, like 
their big movies uh, that they've done are they're trying to win Oscars with them. So I think they're trying to get like some reverence that way. Um, mm-hmm. And they have won some Oscars for them. Um, so I think they're trying to definitely branch out where it's like, hey, like this isn't just the thing you get with Amazon Prime. It's actually good, good stuff in it. Right. Yeah. Kind of kind of off topic, but kind of related. How do you feel about streaming platforms being able to win awards? I think it's fine. Yeah, you're not of the of the Steven Spielberg mindset where if you're an Amazon original movie, you shouldn't be allowed to win an Oscar. No, like I feel like a movie's a movie. Like where yeah, that's premieres. how I feel too. And it, I, when I heard and read that, it kind of irritated. Like I get your Steven Spielberg, like you're yeah. kind of a big fucking deal. But like yeah. at the same time, you get your money from a fucking movie studio. They're getting their money from essentially an in-house movie studio still. Yeah. Just not the typical one. Like I never understood what the big deal was, but there are a lot of people who are like, no, they shouldn't be allowed to enter awards or be entered for awards and they shouldn't be able to have their shit nominated for Oscars and stuff like that. And it's like, why? Yeah, like it's, I, it's an actor. It's a story. Like everything is exactly the same, but because Amazon put up the funding for it and not some studio. Texas oil, oil oligarch. Yeah, and because it didn't premiere in a theater, you know, and then so Amazon's got to fucking drop it into two theaters for like a week and a half somewhere in the States just to get eligibility. Like, it's like, come on, just like. Yeah, that's absolutely absurd. Why should a movie have to play in a theater to be able to qualify? Yeah, and I think um, I think you're going to see a lot of people maybe start to back off of that, especially with like the most recent pandemic and like how that stuff has changed. Like, I bet the movie, like, I bet. A year and a half and two years from now, uh, the experience of going to a movie theater is going to be totally different. Oh, for sure. So, and like yeah, that so was, were we talking about it in, in a previous episode, or was this a conversation I had with someone else about those movie boxes that celebrities get? Oh, I I want to say we we talked about that at some point, but I don't think we talked about it here. But yeah, but like, well, because I feel like that's kind of where things are going to head is you're going to have because <clears throat> like for those who don't know, a lot of celebrities, right, they get these special boxes. I can't remember what the company is, yeah. but it allows them to watch like movies that come out in theaters, but at home. Yeah. And that's very much higher cost, but still. Yeah. Because that's what theaters are now. Like, it's all hard drives and you just download the movie. Like, when I was a projectionist back in the day, I I, I spun film. Uh, so you, could, I don't, you I, couldn't get that I at home. And, I came and you helped me and you showed me how to fucking splice a film together. Yeah. Um, so, like, back in the day, like, you had to have a projector um, to have those films. And I had the opportunity to buy one for, like, super cheap. And I passed it up because I didn't have any room for it. And I still regret it to this day. Yeah, I, I feel like, especially with this pandemic and stuff and, you know, streaming platforms essentially taking over the space for the most part, like, obvious, like, it's clear as clear as day that uh, oh, yeah. movie theater ticket sales have been on the decline for years. For sure. And you are also seeing... That's why you see them redoing it and you're seeing, like, oh, now you can have a full restaurant meal in your movie yeah. theater. And yeah. now we have leather lo- recliners so that you can, like, sit comfortably as if you're at home because they're trying to pull those people who would rather stay at home and watch a movie back into the theater. And I think, For sure. especially given this pandemic, you're going to see, and whoever does, I think is going to be like, make a fortune yeah. to partner with all these studios and be like, yeah. look, yeah, still run them in theaters, yeah. but we'll let someone buy this fucking specialized hack proof box yeah. 
yep. for a thousand dollars and rent and watch a theater movie for a limited 24 hour period in the comfort of their home for 40 bucks a movie or something like that. Yeah. Right. And they'll still get the money and the revenue and da, 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 da. And I think you'll still, I think that will take off huge. Personally, oh, yeah. I would still like to go to a, th- like, I just like the theater experience. Oh, me too. I like, I, I'm a diehard. I love the theater experience. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think there's certain movies that I would totally be way more for just queuing it up on my couch at home. Yes. There are definitely movies that when they hit theaters, it's like, I want to see that, but not bad enough where I want to go to a theater. Yeah. And if I had the option to just, you know, it stream up. it at home. Yeah, then I would be more inclined to watch some of the movies that I end up passing on because I pass on them because I don't want to go to the theater to see see them. So I decide I'll wait till they come out widespread release before I watch it. And then by the time they come out widespread, I typically forget. And that's where a lot of like the the movies in my queue are. It's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to see this, but I didn't want to go and see it in the theater. So I waited for it to come out. Now it's out and I can watch it. But like my interest is kind of garnered. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I think um, during this pandemic, like you saw a lot of studios actually realized the the benefit of dropping it on a stream platform. Like I think, um, what was it? Twentieth Century Fox dropped one of their kids' movies on a streaming platform and didn't and like just dropped the theatrical run of it. They're just like, we're going to drop it on. Um, I forget what platform they dropped it on, and it ended up doing gangbusters. They were like, this totally blew our expectations out of the way and made more money than we projected it would have made at the theater. Um, was that well is it was is is i can't speak right now is it trolls you're talking about because they did that with trolls trolls world tour where it was supposed to be theatrically released and they couldn't so they're like we'll just drop it on a streaming platform and boom yeah and it it did gangbusters and then the theaters got super mad at them and it was like we're not going to play your movies after this and it was like okay that's that's real hot shit of you to say movie theater until the new 20th century fast and the furious movie comes out yeah and then somehow i'm just guessing you know air quotes you're probably gonna roll that back (laughs) yeah no exactly right (laughs) but so i think studios especially saw um like smaller stuff like that where like they would have normally like no summer blockbusters have been dropped on a streaming platform instead of their theatrical run but they like it seems like a lot of studios really tested the water with kind of some of their smaller stuff and realized like, hey, this actually does really well and made us more money than we projected at the theater. So, yeah, well, I, I would love to see them experiment with some bigger ones. Like, I would love to see Disney Plus drop the Black Widow movie on Disney Plus, and you know what? Throw in an extra like in price rental thing, like yeah. through Disney. Like, even though you have Disney Plus, go. Oh, you can rent this blockbuster fucking theatrical movie that we're not going to yeah. play in theaters. Yeah. $4.99 through Disney service, an extra $4.99 just that one time, and you can watch it right now. Yeah. I bet they would make a killing. Because I know if if I heard that, I would hop on Disney Plus right now, pay four bucks, and I would gladly start watching Black Yeah, I, I would too. Um, so yeah, you got to wonder, like I totally bet, you know, before this pandemic, the conversation of dropping like a Black Widow or something on, on Disney Plus was probably not. You were probably laughed out of the fucking room if you brought that up, you yeah. know, in the Disney boardroom. But I bet now there's a little bit more conversations and them going. OK, there's potential to drop stuff on this. Um, it's just a matter of what. And I think like Disney movies, they do so well at the box office that would a would dropping it on streaming compared to it maybe i don't know 
uh, just because they do so well at the box office. But yeah, well, but something yeah. that might not do like huge numbers like a, a new Marvel movie. Like, yeah, it makes sense for a Marvel movie to go to theaters because it, it'll make more money there. Mm-hmm. But something that's not of that caliber totally fits on a streaming platform. So I don't know. Well, like, mark my words, whoever manages to like sit down and strike up a deal with all the major studios, the like Universal, Warner Brothers, Fox, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm sure Disney will always be a holdout. But if you can get the rest of the big studios and even some of the smaller ones like Bloomhouse or A21 or any of those, and you can get them all to agree to stream their movies on release date when they come out in theaters, your exclusive streaming service where they have to, where like someone at home has to pay even $20. The the price of a movie ticket, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. They'll, they'll do gangbusters. Um, make a goddamn killing it's just it's just going to be getting the studios on board um which i think is is going to be would be a never-ending battle um yeah but you know i feel like if someone went to the studios and was like look here i have this box it's kind of like an android box or a roku call whatever you want but all it does is your studio movies and what and set it up so like it'll come out in theaters for a week but after one week for twenty dollars you can rent it in the comfort of your home yeah I think that's yeah. it right there because you're going to have the diehard people, tons of them that when a new movie comes out, they have to go see it opening night. Yeah, like sure. there's certain movies like I have to go see on opening night. I'm the same way. Like when, like it, yeah. when John wick four comes out, I'm going opening night. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, for sure. Right. Yeah. So like I'll pay and I'll go see it opening night, Yeah. but then just give it a one week exclusivity to theaters. One week later, let people rent it at home for $20 a pop. Yeah, like the same sure. cost as if they were buying it, but only let them rent it for 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah, make it make it similar to a price of a movie in whatever region it is. Yeah, secure the box so that you uh, you can kill it at the it. box office. You kill it at home. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna get there. It like it's it's heading in that direction, and I think it's inevitable. Like it, it's inevitable. We're gonna get that at some point. It's just a matter of when, and I think it's just a matter of when the studios get on board with it. And you're starting to see some studios get on board with it. So I think it's. I think they need to get on board with it faster because yeah. I think I I think the problem is and this is again this is just all assumptions because I don't work for a studio. Yeah. But I assume they're thinking, well no, we don't want to do that because ticket sales, that's a lot of revenue. We don't want to lose the ticket sales. Yeah. But I think in actuality it's not going to take away from box office ticket sales. No. I think it's going to increase overall viewership and overall ticket sales because yeah. there yeah. is a large amount of people out there who just don't want to go to a theater either they yeah. don't have one close by like yeah. like for us like typically if you want to go see a movie you, you got to drive 20 minutes to the theater right yeah. like not everyone has a nice theater you know that's a five minute drive away and if you're yeah. in a city you know in traffic and all that other yeah. stuff and then you know if you have kids a babysitter like yeah. it's a big ordeal so I, I think if you if you let them do that after a week or whatever yeah still keep it in the theaters, but after a week, allow people to do it at home as well. I don't think you're going to take anything away from the box office because you're still going to have the people that want to see it in a theater like you and I, but now you just open the doors to all the people who literally just can't go to a theater. Now they'll be able to enjoy Like I, my parents come to mind. Like my parents love watching new movies, but they hate going to the theater because they got to drive 20 minutes. They got to park. They got to wait in line to get their popcorn and, so most of the time they just wait 
they wait until they can stream it at home. And if you give them the option, specifically older people or people with families who don't have that ability to drop what they're doing and go to a theater, you're just going to bolster your ticket sales just astronomically. For sure. And I think like, if, I bet you right now, if you, if you did a survey of the general population of the vast majority of people that are going to movies in a theater, I bet you the reasoning isn't to go see a specific, like a specific movie or something. I bet you it's more of like, Hey, this is our date night or this is a night out. Like, I bet you it's now more of a social thing where I feel like that wouldn't change if they did it. People would still want to go out for a night. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's probably the vast majority of the movie watching audience is like, people going out to get out of the house for a night like you would go go grab a dinner somewhere and then go to a movie or whatever and i feel like that's still going to be there so to just get extra revenue from a streaming service seems like a no-brainer yeah exactly like i said i don't think it's going to take away from box office sales i think if anything your box office sales maybe maybe they dip ever so slightly but I think all you're doing is instead of moving markets, you're just opening to a completely newer market. For sure. Right? Like before yeah. you could only reach a million people. Well, now you offer this at home. You're reaching those initial million plus the other million that's sitting at home that can't leave. For sure. No, I agree. So. Anyway, the other piece of news I want to talk about, and I don't know if you're a fan of the show, but Big Brother. So I... There was a couple of seasons that I got really into, and then uh, like I started watching an, uh, another season, and then like I found it was very much dependent on my mood and who was in it. Like the few seasons I watched, I I really got into it for some weird ass reason. I think it was because of you. And then I think it was like a season after that, I was like, okay, I'm not into any of these people, so I didn't watch it. Um, but what are what are the Big Brother rumors? What's going on here? <laughs> Well, because Big Brother Canada got canceled mid-season because of COVID. They right. shut the production down, sent everyone home. That was a wrap. There was no winner. I think they only lasted four weeks in the house before they pulled the plug. Yeah. Which was, it sucked. But honestly, like, I'll be completely honest. I, as a Canadian, think Big Brother Canada is nowhere near the same quality of entertainment as big brother in the united states yeah i this feel is... like the production is cheaper and yeah. they do it in they film in toronto and they start in like february so it's fucking cold no, so yeah. like the whole big brother house it's it's indoors like they still have a hot tub but it's an indoor hot tub like there's no right. outside sunshine and stuff the competitions are still cool but they're still not on the same level as of production that like the united states big brother is but i just never genuinely got into it and then i watched this season and even if the COVID never happened, this season of Big Brother Canada was a fucking joke, in my opinion. Oh, really? Because you just had people volunt like the very I think it was like the second weekend, someone was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving. And they self-evicted. They quit the show. So then they didn't oh. have uh like then they didn't do a nomination or anything like that because someone oh, quit. So they lost a player. No need to nominate and evict. And then like the week after that, two house got two house guests got into a fight. One made some kind of like they they say it was a threat, but he basically made a comment like um, like you would your ass would be dead in the real world. Pop pop or something like that. So they kicked him out because he was inciting violence. 
And then the guy that he incited violence against, they kicked him off the show like three days later because he was starting shit around the house, which is ridiculous in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And then the week after that, uh, there was another uh, one of the ladies who was on the show. She decided that she had enough. And she, this is what really irritated me. Instead of saying, like, I can't do this anymore. I want to go home and self-evicting and leaving. She begged the head of household to put her on the block and begged the rest of the house to vote her out. So she took that head of household away oh, from the person. You shouldn't be allowed to yeah. do that. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. No. To me, it was a cop out because like now she's like, oh, please let me go. And the house is like, well, if she wants to go. We'll kick her out. And so like he kind of didn't really have a fucking choice other than to nominate her because she was like begging to be sent home. But it just takes away from that. And like the real targets that he wanted to get out of the house, he couldn't now because he's wasting his head of household week getting this girl to leave because she wants to leave, but she won't quit. So and this yeah. all happened in three weeks, like in the span of three weeks, okay. they had one person leave, two people kicked out, and then a fourth person who was leaving but not actually quitting. Like I don't see how it's any different if she would have just uh, self evicted. Yeah, and then shortly after that, they just canceled the whole season. So it was oh, a okay. terrible, terrible season. I remember, and it was uh, the first time I came back after a long time because everyone's like, "You gotta okay. watch it; it's so good, you love it." Oh, yeah, and yeah. so this was the first season I watched since like the first two seasons. I skipped seasons like three, four, and five, I think. And then okay. this season, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is why I don't watch Canada Big Brother. This is awful." Yeah, I remember um, right when the pandemic started. I saw the most ruthless Big Brother thing, and I think it was Big Brother Germany or somewhere like that. Um, but they totally like played the pandemic into like getting views. It was like the most ruthless thing I've ever seen. And it was, I don't know if you can still find the clip, but essentially like they came in and they like called like an emergency, like house meeting and all the big brother people were like, what the fuck's going on? And they set up like this big glass, like cube wall where like all the producers and showrunners were sitting in and they're like, yep. So, um, cause none of the people knew, uh, when they went into the show that a pandemic was happening. And then they they like dropped the news and was like just like, but then at the same time they were like we're gonna continue on with the show so like here's an extra added layer to not get voted out. <laughs> I was like that's so fucking ruthless. They did something similar to that on the Canada one. They had a big house meeting and they're like, oh just so as you guys may recall there was a COVID thing that sprung up in China before you entered the house. Well yeah. now it's a widespread pandemic and and people they are told dying. <laughs> Orders, yeah and people are dying and da, yeah. da 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 and i feel like that was definitely just to grab views but then it was like a week or a week after that or two weeks after that they're like yeah we're ending the show and yeah <clears throat> i don't know if it's true because it's all speculation but i'm i'm big into like the big um big brother subreddits and the forums and stuff sure yeah and a lot of people people they pitched it on the show that because of the pandemic and everything that was going on they were going to shut down production and send everyone home for safety reasons but and again, I don't know if this is true or not, but what from what I read is a whole bunch of people who actually worked on that show, like who are like production hands and assistants and, you know, worked on getting the competitions ready and stuff. Yep. They were they were quitting because they were still being told to come to work. And they're like, dude, there's a pandemic. The government isn't even meeting right now. I don't uh, feel safe traveling right. around, you know, Toronto and doing all yeah. this stuff. And yeah. they were quitting the show. And Therefore, the production had no choice but to cease production because everyone uh, was fucking leaving. 
I can see that. And I don't know if that's if that's completely true or not, but I don't know. But it, it just it seems realistic enough that I could see that being a possibility. Yeah. Well, it's just it's become too liberal. Like when they kicked the one guy out of the house, they said it was because he was stirring shit up and causing problems in the house and stuff like that. Yeah. But like from what I've seen on the live feeds and what I've seen that they were actually like spliced up and showed on primetime TV. That was normal big brother behavior. You play the manipulative game. You get this person fighting yeah. against this person. But I guess show? last Yeah, and last season I didn't watch last season, but I guess there was some of the care or the people that were on last season were doing similar things and a bunch of people on Twitter got offended and started like Twitter bombing the production oh, company really? and was like this is bullshit. You shouldn't be doing this. This person should be kicked off the show. This is vile behavior da da da. Oh, really? And I I guess that started happening again. They were like, kick this guy off the show. This is brutal. Like he's telling this person, this lie and getting these two people to fight each other. And the rumor is that they didn't want bad press and they didn't want to come across insensitive because here in Canada, we are progressive and all that other fucking nonsense. So they removed him from the show so that they didn't have backlash that they had last season. Which to me pisses me off because if you watch Big Brother America, if you don't get evicted out or self evicted out, the only way you're getting kicked out of that show is like, I think I've seen it happen once, maybe twice, where like you a really dude get, was, you, he was you ready, to, like they had the people in the house were holding him back because he was trying to beat the shit out of another guy. And that's how he got kicked out. Yeah. Like you really kind of got to want it in, in yeah. the American version. Like, cause that was the only version I ever watched was the American one. And like, you can like to get kicked out of that. Like you really kind of go, got to go out of your way to like really fuck it up. Um, yeah. So but anyway, so the rumors are because everyone after Canada got canceled and you know, there's the research COVID in the States where they're going, Oh, is there going to be a season? And no one really knows. Cause you know, you have to isolate people before you send them into the house and yeah. there's all the steps that you got to take. Yeah. But there's been a lot, there's rumors going around that it's going to be a, like an all-star season where they bring back a bunch of like players from past seasons. I'd watch that because I've watched enough of Big Brother US that I would probably be on board with that. Yeah. And I feel like that's the way to go. It kind of irritates me when they put in a whole group of new people and then they show throw in like one or two vets. Because the vets never fucking last long because it's like, hey, you played this game already. You had your chance to win. So they get targeted right off the hop. For so sure. If you made a season where it's all past players. Yeah. But the rumor mill is swirling right now because I guess a lot of people have been discovering on their like Comcast cable and dish and stuff like that, that two weeks from now on thursday which is typically when the big brother normally premieres yeah. it doesn't say big brother but it says to be announced and the description just says one hour reality show on huh. the cbs network so they might just like so surprise kind of, it. yeah because people are going well like we know cbs's lineup like we know what their reality shows are and these ones yeah. have already ended still currently airing so yeah. what's this mystery to be announced cbs reality show huh. And then on top of that, if you go on CBS's website, now Big Brother is like prominently featured on the front page, so, which typically they start doing that to promote the show before it airs. And this would be, and I guess, kind of right around time. Uh, like Big Brother was usually a summer show, wasn't it? Yes, it usually starts in the summer and yeah. kind of like early fall. Yeah, so now would be the right time to start it. So, 
Yeah. And then some other people have been reporting that there's been people going in and out of the Big Brother house, which is on like one of the studio lots. Right. That they've yeah. actually that there's construction going on there. Like, uh, lots okay. of people are reporting that they're constructing the Big Brother set as we speak. Oh. And a bunch of like past Big Brother players who are normally very like prominent on social media, like they do Instagram posts and stories right. every day. They're always on Twitter. A lot of these big prominent Big Brother players just all of a sudden in the last week have gone dark. Oh, uh, so, so like you have all a big brother pointing player. to hey, two weeks from yeah. now, they are going to surprise drop it. Yeah, that's that's the rumors. Like, again, like no one really knows if it's true. But I mean, if you have a big brother player who tweets several times a day, every single day and is always putting up an Instagram story every single day yeah. and then all of a sudden absolutely nothing coming from any of their social medias for a long period of time like that's yeah that's like interesting all the stuff that you're telling me like yeah it's all rumors but at the same time this all lines up that i i would if i was a betting man i would say two weeks from now we're probably getting big brother <laughs> from the sounds of it i but hope it, i fucking hope i want it so bad i mean if it's like i said i i've never been a big 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 brother person but i pop in every once in a while i want to say it was like a couple of years ago you were watching it and then i really got into it for a few seasons and then i hopped out because i didn't like the characters or something like that but I, like i feel like an all-star one i would totally be on board with because i've seen enough of it that i would recognize probably like a, a decent chunk of them um and i'd be down for that mm -hmm. I, I do love me some just dumbass reality TV. Like I got a bunch of really garbage ass reality TV that I watch. Um, so I'm on board for that. Yeah. I like that's yeah. God, I, I, I hope so. I've been like, I, I need my big brother fix. Oh my it's God. Does this mean me. we're going to start a big brother podcast? Oh man. I would be fucking <laughs> all over it. Cause what do they do? Like three episodes a week. Yeah. So, Man, if they launch it again, I'd be all for an in-depth Big Brother podcast. Yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so on to what you watched this week. I see yeah. you've got through some devs. Yeah, so I watched the first six episodes the other day. I got two more. And I got some thoughts on that show. Um, I'm kind of split on it. So... I'll start with what I really like about that show. I think Nick Offerman is great. I wasn't oh expecting God, him so good. I wasn't expecting him to be as good as he was because the only thing I'd ever really seen him in before was Parks and Rec. Parks. And so, those are two very different characters. Oh, 100%. Um, and then I saw him in this and I was like, okay, you're kind of playing the weird ass tech mogul kind of dude fairly well. Um, so I really like that. Like he's do he's doing a really good job with that. Um, all of the stuff around the devs program in that building, I think, is great. That stuff is really well done. Um, oh, it's amazing! Like down to the score, like whoever's scoring that. Um, when they have their like really weird uh, music that gets like super loud and like almost bassy, but mm -hmm. it's like the different instruments and stuff like that. Like that, I think, works really well. And everything around, um, like how they're leading you to like how they're kind of predicting the past and and the future like everything around the devs program i think is super well done um like how they develop that and where they go with it um except for i think they they don't explain a lot of it 
sometimes where I'm just like, what? Like, I, I don't get what they're talking about. Um, I'm like, what and I, uh, like they were, t- maybe this is me, but they were talking about, um, it was when someone on the team got audio and they were talking about like how they used to use all these different things for programming. And then they just took it all out and put another thing in and then it worked. Um, but they didn't explain anything of it. And I was like, okay, I, I don't know if I'm not supposed like if you're in un in, like intentionally not explaining how that should work and why this new thing works. Yeah, I, there definitely was. I, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. There definitely were some, some things in that, in that series where uh, where they just they went out of their way not to explain it just because to sit down and actually explain the logistics behind how some of this programming-esque type stuff works yeah it would be very boring and i feel like it would be a turnoff for the audience they were were going after for sure like and i get that part of it but at the same time like maybe give me like a a, just a brief nugget of what it is so that i kind of know what you're talking about um that's fair that's a fair criticism but like um th- that that's really my big gripe with that whole dev stuff everything else like around that that devs program i think is really good here's the thing i don't like about that show is everything outside of that devs program i think is not good um such as uh that main girl uh the actress i don't think she's yeah. good at all um i do not enjoy watching her I think she makes the uh, like she must be a new actress because I feel she either completely underacts everything to the point where there's like no emotion or she completely overacts everything. That's fair. I kind of see where you're coming from. I, I, I never purposely got the feeling that she was over or underacting. I felt that she was playing that character the best that she could because like when you watch some movies and you see doing certain things like, and I don't know if you do this, but like, I can't remember. I was watching something the other day where this kind of came up and it was driving my girlfriend crazy. Cause I kept pointing out. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like a normal person wouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Whereas yeah. like in her situation with her character, I felt I genuinely bought into it because like she was in this, confused neurotic state where like in the past she's had mental breakdowns and she's battled with mental illness and stuff and now she's trying to like unravel this whole fucking mystery that sounds like the craziest conspiracy theory that you could ever come up with but still trying to rationalize it in her head because she knows it's true but right. she's still fighting inner demons as to like maybe she's making this into something it's not but here's the thing they say that that wasn't all true so like that was another thing i didn't like is like they had that uh, part where uh, they said like she had all these mental breakdowns, but then her and the girl talk as they're driving away. Like, Oh yeah, they totally bought all that story. So they kind of almost say that like they just made it up that part. Yes. But there was a part and I think it was in the first or the second episode where um, she left, like she had a a breakdown with her family or something like that. It wasn't like she didn't get committed or anything like that, but she had, an issue prior and then oh, when her okay. and her friend went in to try and do this rigmarole they built on that and like exploded it to be bigger than it actually was okay. but she had had this in the past okay i must have missed that part then um but, but i mean yeah. that's a fair criticism my question to you though is did you 
you said you got two episodes left and i think it doesn't happen until the second last episode are you talking about the where she actually- film monologue the what are you talking about the elson uh film monologue the elson film monologue allison uh allison's monologue allison pill yeah yeah when she sits down at the table with her yeah, that was in the last episode i watched that was one of the best scenes i've ever seen on a tv show yeah that was really good and i can that i can recall like when she sits down and explains like yep. everything has a reaction and how this all works and stuff like that like yep. that was that scene just like made my fucking head crater yeah that scene was, was like, really really Jesus. good Jesus. And the stuff with Nick Offerman and the boyfriend um, was also really well done in that episode. Um, so I agree, like that whole monologue was great. And I also got to think, uh, when I was watching that monologue, I was like, I bet she wouldn't have pulled that monologue off, monologue off that good if she never did her stint on the newsroom with Aaron Sorkin. Because Aaron Sorkin so? is very much a uh, big monologue writer. Yeah. So I was like, and she had to do a lot of that in the newsroom. I was like, I bet you that wouldn't have worked out as good as it did if she didn't have the Aaron Sorkin past <laughs> and that's that's very possible but like that that show really intrigued me just because like and it's funny it intrigued me because it was like technology based which is what I'm really into yeah. even though it's not that technology based like it's not a yeah. technology based story no. it's like you know a character driven story right it's all about him and his his unfortunate the unfortunate death of his wife and his daughter right like yeah. that's what drives the whole narrative of this whole series yeah. but that that scene when they sat down and did that monologue, like it just like, like when you yeah. watch a movie and then you walk out and you're just like, you start thinking about everything and questioning everything. Like it really started making me just think about life in general. I was like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah. I, I don't think it hit me to that extent. Um, but I, I really, I very much enjoyed it. Like it was a very, very good written monologue and she, she killed it when she was doing it. Um, so I agree that that part was really good because as soon as she sits down at the table, um, I was like, oh, this is what Tyler was talking about. Um, oh, it, it was my favorite part of that whole series. But I think I think Alex Garland has like he nails that sort of stuff, like all of the yeah. the conversations that took place between the main, main character, the two main characters of uh, Ex Machina when they were talking about the Turing test and all that other yeah. stuff like those yeah. monologues are just like i don't know they just hit me somewhere special i guess yeah he's 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 really good at writing those monologues um yeah i would agree with that like he's he's super solid on that stuff so so th- mm. that part i really liked um so like all the stuff around devs like i really liked like all that stuff like with nick offerman and allison pill like that stuff I'm i'm super interested in but it's like everything outside of that i'm just like not interested in um mm, like and i thought that's, um that's fair the stuff with the Russian in like the first episode or two, like I thought that wasn't all that well done. And I get like, that's what they used to set up why that dude went in there. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt it was kind of like half baked. Um, but at the same time, I was like, okay, I totally get why you did that. Cause you need to find a way to, to kick off this, this storyline of this dude dying yeah. and the girlfriend doing it. So it was like, I understand well, that. And that's actually like, I wouldn't say a widespread or, or big, big scale problem but that's that's a legitimate issue with a lot of um top tech companies yeah no for sure like it's definitely yeah like it's yeah no that it's a very realistic problem and like as soon as they did it i was like oh yeah no that's that reflects current day um because that that Mm -hmm. shit totally happens all the time now 
um like it's kind of like that's the the 2020 cold war right you know it's industrial espionage right so it's like that's that's relevant that's how you would do that that's how that's how that would be um but yeah other than that like i'm i'm really curious to know where where all that stuff goes um being that i only have two episodes left um i'm really curious where they're gonna end that uh and i thoroughly enjoyed the ending like i don't i don't i won't spoil anything for you but the way it ends feeds into um one of the many widespread theories of existence that I don't necessarily like completely buy into, but I see the probability of it. And I see like, it is a possibility and I can understand how people believe that that might actually be. Well, if it's what I think situation. they're going to, if it's what I think they're going to play into, cause they allude to it uh, fairly obviously is like the multi world world theory. Um, like, like they're pretty heavily playing on that. Um, but at the same time, I could also see, uh, like, like they've been very obvious when, like, uh, they're talking about stuff, like when that dude changes the audio thing. Um, Nick Offerman is like, no, like that you're predicting stuff that isn't of our world, like it, it's a world that takes place somewhere else. So, like, they've been fairly obvious with that. So, I don't think they're going to go that way. I think they're going to end up going the simulation route, where, um, it's a simulation. Well, I won't ruin anything for you, but yeah. it's. The way it ended, I was like, I I was happy with it, and like I, yeah. I I'm fairly confident there's not like this is it was a one off one run series kind of thing. I don't think they'll do any more with it because honestly, the way it ends, it's like how, how would you? you? Do it? Yeah, yeah. How would you do it any differently? But I I thoroughly enjoyed the the ending. It it made me very happy, and it just fed into a lot of like belief systems that are out there that I'm kind yeah. of interested and intrigued by and stuff. And like, they just, they wrapped it up really nicely in, in my opinion. Yeah. And like, I, I, like, I'm really curious how they wrap it up. Um, Cause like I said, the, the stuff around that devs program, like I'm super interested in and I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say they end it and saying it's a simulation, but we'll find out when I watch it. Um, just cause that seems like how the, the tech works um, when they explained it. But yeah, well, and I, I guess you'll see when it comes to it. Yeah. So I, 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 next week, I'll probably be able to tell you whether what I thought was <laughs> going to happen happens, because um, I'll probably end up finishing it this week. I um, just, I just can't. I think it's, I think that Nick Offerman deserves so much fucking praise. Like, I always thought he was entertaining and like, yeah. I, huge fan of parks and rec like i love that show so much and i was super hyped when they did like the one-off episode reunion during the whole pandemic right yeah which was like weird because it was all done via fucking like zoom or whatever but like i still thoroughly enjoyed it like it was great like i love that show to no end and and ron swanson is oh he's he's an amazing greatest yeah one of the greatest television characters of all time oh yeah he's amazing that being said, though, like seeing Nick Offerman in this like very serious dramatic role with his like long hippie hair and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. it changed my perspective on him. Like, cause I always oh, thought, sure. cause I've, I've listened to some of his audiobooks. I've seen some of his like pseudo stand up kind of on stage performance specials, which are like kind of comedy, but kind of not. And I've seen him in like a few other things. Like, there was like one movie that he did where him and his um, daughter like kind of, make music together which was really touching but like this this series was like that guy's legit as fuck like he needs to be given some 
bigger, deeper, darker, more sure. dramatic fucking roles. Yeah, like it shows that he that he's got the range to do that side, and especially like because uh, like that tech character that he plays. Like I don't think it, there's anything special to that character. Like it's kind of just a generic tech guy. Um, mm -hmm. So for him to kind of take that and kind of put his own spin on it, um, like shows shows how good he is with that stuff. And I and I really hope that. Like studios and showrunners that, that if they're watching the show kind of realize that and he gets some more stuff like this um that would be my hope um because well, like you said like it's he 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 demonstrates that he's he's got the ability to do that and do it like good so hopefully he gets more of that i who knows if he even wants to do more of that um yeah but I, I I'm totally down for it because I was pleasantly surprised. Like I was like, oh yeah, like because same thing. I had only ever seen him in Parks and Rec, so I was like, I'm really curious how he how he does with this. If he, if he does this good or if he doesn't do it good. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is not bad. Like this is totally totally good. My other hope from this is that because like Alex Garland, in my opinion, is like quite an amazing writer and director. Like mm -hmm. like. All of the movies that he's done stemming all the way back back to like and granted he didn't actually do the movie but he wrote the book that the movie was based off of like the beach is to this day is one of my favorite movies still I and i don't know why the beach with leonardo dicaprio no i don't think you I've never, never saw the beach no, i don't think so oh my god benny uh i don't think i have i'm just pointing I've... it up i don't think i over the years, I've probably seen that movie more than a dozen. No, yeah, no, I haven't seen it. I love, like, again, he didn't direct it, but he wrote the book and they made the movie off of the book. But, oh, okay. I mean, if you were to go right into the works that he's done, I'm thinking specifically Ex Machina yeah. and Annihilation. Like, those are both phenomenal movies in my eyes. Yeah, I haven't the show seen... was phenomenal. I haven't seen Annihilation. I've seen Ex Machina, which I which I really liked. Um, twenty days twenty days later, I really like. Um, yeah, it's Sunshine, which I thought was all right. Um, he's doing the Halo miniseries. Yeah, I don't know about that one. But in terms yeah. of his other stuff, I'm a big fan generally yeah. of of his big body of work. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't have the same pull i would say is some of the other ones right like you know like if james cameron wants to do a movie he just has to go to any studio and go hey look this is a movie i want to make and they'll just green light it and give him money right like he has that reputation and that skill where they're like yeah whatever you want james here's the fucking money go do your thing right yeah and Keep i hope uh, go ahead sorry i hope that this kind of brings more recognition to him because yeah. i feel like there's so much more that he could do that he just can't get you know a studio to back or anything like that and i'm like and i'm specifically thinking of the annihilation series because you said you didn't see annihilation and it was a fantastic movie yeah i've heard but that i just haven't got around to watching it yet like i know i've heard enough people say it's good good enough that i'll watch it at some point it's just one of those yeah things that I, that I but it's to. it's part of a three i want to say three book series okay and annihilation it's the middle book or the last book okay so he huh. only did one of the books and that's annihilation but it's like i want the other two okay 
right? But he said from the get-go, he's like, oh, I'm doing this one, and this is that's all that's all I got, and that's all I'm gonna do. But I want him to go back and do more of that yeah. series. I'm curious to see what other stuff he could bring into the works. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's his body of work is is pretty good. For some reason, he reminds me of um almost kind of like a lesser uh, uh what is the dude uh that did arrival and all of that dennis something i don't know why but he reminds me of like not as a well like that guy but just not as well known oh it's the f- okay sorry just to interject here for a second it's the first one oh, okay it's- so it's the first book yeah, so he th- this guy, a different cat guy named Jeff Vandermeer, he wrote a three book series called the Southern Reach trilogy, and the first novel is Annihilation, and that's what he did the oh. movie on. So there's potential for want, to do like a two and three. Well, I, well, and when you watch Annihilation, you'll get to the end and you'll be like, okay, well, what fucking happens next? Oh, okay, so you you clearly did it with maybe there's a few more in mind. Well, he he went on the record and said that he only. That he was going to do the first this first book turned movie, and that's all he was going to do. That he had no intent or plans to do any of the other books. So I'm hoping that that fucking changes. But I'm guessing based on like how well Annihilation did as a film, no one's probably like you know how when a book turned yeah. movie does good, and immediately they're like, okay, here's money, start, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think this had that kind of no pizzazz. No, I don't think it did like super amazing at the box office or anything like that. Yeah, it's right here on what I'm reading. Is it saying it technically was a box office bomb yeah. that it grossed 43 million against a 40 to 55 million budget? Yeah, so it didn't make back its money. So like they're probably not gonna do the rest of them. But it was a good fucking movie, and I want to know what happens in the other two without having to pick up a book. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, I think he's solid. I'm I, looking at his IMDb. It seems like the only thing he's got next is it says that Halo series. Um, so uh, I, I, well, I, you need to know. go back and watch the beach. I can't believe you've never seen that. Yeah. Yeah, like that's really that's should. young. That's young Leo in his prime. Yeah. Yeah, I really should watch that. It's it's a weird kind of bizarre movie, and it's not for everyone. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I've seen it several times. Yeah. And like, I know there's lots of people who are like, oh, I've I've thought about watching it, but never did. And I'll sit down and watch it with them, and I still enjoy it, even though I've seen it. But oh, then I've uh, had people Benny next Boyle to me. Yeah. I have I've had people next to me who are like, I don't know why you like that movie so much. It wasn't that like I made my girlfriend right. watch it, and she was like, it was okay. It wasn't wasn't anything special. Yeah, fair enough. Everyone's got those movies, though, where they're like, this is amazing. And everyone else is like, why the fuck do you like that? Yeah, that's true. Like, to this day, I still think Gone Girl was one of the most amazing movies I've seen. Just just because of the shock value. Like, my jaw was on the floor several. And I don't read books, right? So I didn't know what this movie was about. I had no idea what the premise was about. I had no idea how anything was. People who are book readers went and saw it because they thought the book was good, and then they walk out like, "Oh, it was okay, but it didn't live up to the book." Uh, Yeah, I know most of the time it doesn't. But as someone who had no idea what the story was, who had didn't read into it at all, I just went because I'm a fucking Ben Affleck fan through and through. 
I was like blown away. Like yeah. the very few movies like make me like lean forward in my seat and like my floor just drop or my jaw drop to the floor. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Gun Girl is really good. Quite oh, amazing. In my opinion. I mean, yeah. again, I know lots of people who didn't think it was that great, but I thought it was unreal. I thought it was really good. Uh, like, I don't think I hold it to the same level as you, but, uh, but I also think it's still an amazing film. Like I also think it's really good that way. So I just find it hard to find movies that can surprise me or shock me. Yeah. I'm sure there's lots of movies that I'm, there's tons of movies out there. I'm sure that would be like, holy shit, what the fuck? But like the kind of movies where like, I'm intently focused and I'm on the edge of my seat, like trying to figure out what's going on. And then the reveal comes and it's not something that I predicted. Like I'm sure everyone has those movies where they're watching. They're like, Oh yeah, I know what's going to happen. This, 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 and it's going to turn out to be that guy. And then this is how it's going to end. And you end up, you know, guessing it right on the head or you're 90% accurate or you're close to, but like that was one of the movies where like the whole time I'm like, what is, what is going on? What is happening? Where, what the, you know, like I was just on the edge of my seat waiting to find out what was more and not many movies these days hit me like that. Like I haven't seen in, in the last five years, I can't think of a single movie that I've seen where I was like on the edge of my seat, like intensely paying attention trying to like waiting for the reveal trying to figure out what's going on yeah i've been the same like like there's very few times where i'm watching something where i'm like okay like i have no idea like i can usually roughly figure out where it's gonna go like and yeah same way like there's been very few things where i'm just like oh man what is going to happen like Mm -hmm. kind of thing so it's always a pleasure when something does do that because it's it leaves a lasting impact. Yeah, it does. Because you're, it's like you said, you're, you're at the edge of your seat, um, just like, oh my god, like what, what's happening? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that and Ben Affleck's just the fucking man. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I really want to watch his sports movie that's out. Shit, that he just did. Oh, the coach like, one. Yeah, um, just because a lot of people have said that he's like, it's he's actually like amazing in it. Um, I've heard that, but like the premise of the movie just doesn't tickle me the right way. No, me neither. And I kind of just want to watch it for his performance because a lot of people have said like because he's playing a character that has like really struggled with alcohol and he's like totally recovering from that in his real life. Like apparently he just connects to it really good and people are like, yeah, he kind of really does an awesome job with that because it's totally kind of part of what he's been going through. So it's like, yeah. "Hmm." I wonder like if that's if the if it's like a hidden gem where it's like maybe the movie isn't like the movie's probably just a generic sports movie where it's like underdog or coach, you know, coaches the the people to a win or whatever like that. But maybe his performance is like super awesome in it. So because yeah, I love Ben Affleck. He's he's great. Um I'm I really want to know when he's doing his next writer director thing. Because I don't yeah. think he's announced anything. And the last one was that um, mobster one, which I know a lot of people weren't so hot on. Uh, what was it called? The Zoe Saldana. I don't know. It's not ringing a bell. Um, it was. Um, Live by Night. Never saw it. Yeah, it's like. Um, it's like kind of boston gangsters in the prohibition area and he writes and directs it and i actually didn't mind it but a lot of people were kind of like compared to all your past movies this wasn't good (laughs) well i mean he's 
I, no, I can understand that. I mean, when you look at like the past writing directing that he's done, right? Like, yeah, you got most people instantly think of Goodwill Hunting. Oh yeah, because you go Argo the, the Town, the, Gone Baby yeah. Gone. Like all three of those are spectacular. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I mean I know it's never gonna happen, so like I'm not holding out hope. But in the back of my head, on a regular basis, I still just like wish and pray that he would fucking just do a standalone Batman movie with Kevin Smith helping him write. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen now that they've like, they've like made up and they're, they're friends again. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day, but who knows? Maybe after this, you know, whole fucking like seven part Snyder fucking justice league comes out. Maybe, maybe there's a resurgence, but who knows? I was just, I was just going to ask you what your thoughts were now that the, the Snyder cut is like, cause you know, lots of people are like, Oh yeah, the Snyder cuts real. And it's like, yeah, well it's kind of real, but it's kind of not. But like now it's like a real, real yeah. fucking thing. Like it so is here, legitimately 100% confirmed happening. Here's what I think the sad truth is that is going to crush people's expectations. It's going to be the same it's, thing as when they did the Batman V Superman director cut where they added like a half an hour's worth of stuff and it made the movie better. Like it made Batman V Superman better. But at the end of the day, it didn't fix its core issues. Yeah. And I think that's what it's going to be at the end of the day is I it's I bet it's going to add some stuff that some people are going to be like, oh, OK, that stuff works really well. But I bet you at the end of it, people are going to end that and go, yeah, that still didn't really fix the core issues. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to all of a sudden make that movie amazing. I just don't. I mean, I'm going to watch it just out of curiosity for the uh, for the most part. But like, I don't think it's going to fix that movie. And I think to get your hopes up saying that it is going to fix that movie, I think is. No, I, I think most of the diehard fans aren't excited about this under the pretense that all of a sudden it's going to be a good movie. I think a lot of people are just like he had a vision and I wanted to see what it was instead yeah. of this like quarter and, snyder version and then a quarter takeover yeah. and and it's it's and from, it's a thing because like it it's a total shame of of what happened why he had to quit that movie uh, you know because like his uh, what was it his daughter died or something like, like that like he had yeah, like a, some kind of tragedy yeah, yeah it was like something where it was like totally understandable but at the same time like i would say my one hope um for that is just like one tone throughout the whole movie because that was another big thing with justice league like yeah there's a lot of shit that that is most of justice league is bad but like a big thing was it had two very distinct tones that totally didn't work together because it was two tones of two completely different directors <laughs> yeah so like a uniformed kind of tone maybe that makes it a little bit more palatable but i don't know yeah well i'm i'm curious jim i'm also just curious because like i don't know if you've been like reading a lot of stuff like the guy who played cyborg kind of came out and basically said like joss whedon's kind of a piece of shit yeah yeah i, I saw a few that and i was kind of like oh, i don't know what's going on with that but yeah and then recently i heard on kevin's fat man on batman podcast he decided he was gonna chime in and oh, really and he said he's like look i've met joss and he's like he's been a good dude to me he's like but i'll be honest because kevin smith went and was on the set for both solo and one of the other star Wars ones. Yep. 
one of the newer ones. And he said like being on those sets and like talking to the cast and crew, like a lot of people that he talked with said that Joss was very uh, egotistical and very difficult to work with leading like some sort of credibility. Cause the claims were coming out that when he came in to take over the justice league movie that he basically was making comments like we're scrapping all the Snyder stuff. It was terrible. And fuck this and fuck that and da 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 and some people are like yeah no if you talk to people who've worked with them like this actually kind of is how joss whedon is yeah so i'm 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 curious i I, he's one of those people that like up until recently i've never really heard a bad thing about him no like you, you hear some people talk about like a lot of people fucking hate working for michael bay yeah yeah right like that's you hear that frequently when people discuss films but excuse me yeah but you don't really hear a lot about that about joss whedon so but like it at the same time like i hear that i like nothing in my head goes oh i totally wouldn't think that like um like it also just kind of like i kind of go in my head and i go that all that kind of makes sense (laughs) i could see that Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem like a stretch to me (laughs) yeah speaking of fucking michael bay though i was reading something day and i i want to say it was uh, or watching something the other day and i want to say it was tj miller but i could be wrong but he was making a comment about uh a scene or a cameo or something he did on a michael bay movie where michael bay was you know being an asshole and everyone was hating on him and he was talking to some of the cast and crew and they were like yeah michael bay is extremely difficult to work with but he does it on purpose because if he is an asshole to everyone and everyone doesn't like working with him, like it's not a pleasure then he kind of uses that to bring everyone else together. Because if everyone is hating the director, then that, that unifies them, right? Like there's unity in that. And like, we all dislike him. And he's like, and he was saying that this cast person or someone on the crew was saying like, the reason Michael Bay is an asshole is so that, he is the only asshole on set and everyone is against him. And therefore that brings everyone else closer together. So everyone behind the scenes from the casting director to the, you know, the boom operators and the lighting guy and all that shit, they all get along and they work better. And it makes the production actually go infinitely smoother because they all have a common enemy. And I I thought that was a really interesting take. And it actually, it kind of made sense to me because there's tons of directors like that that are just super yeah. hard to work with, but they, if for whatever reason you watch the movie and it's like, yeah, that, that turns out amazing. So like, obviously there's some sort of a method to the madness um, or it would be garbage. Um, mm-hmm. so like I could see that, um, that, that totally makes sense. I mean, I, I have no idea if that's true or not, but I could totally see that. Like that, I could totally see that. Yeah. Which I mean, it, it, Hey, if it works, um, if it works, it works. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, directing movies is hard <laughs> if it works. I guess the downside is everyone hates you. But yeah, so I mean, if you're, but if you're, hey, if you're all right with that, yeah, if you're willing to live and die on that hill, then yeah, do your thing, I guess. <laughs> so now, what's this unsolved mysteries on Netflix? Okay, so there's not a whole lot I got to say about this other than Netflix. Is it like a new show? It is a redo of the old unsolved unsolved mystery show that Netflix got the rights to and started making their own. And they 
they dropped uh, the first season on Netflix and I watched the first episode and a half. Um, and there's not a whole lot to say about this other than like it's unsolved mysteries. It's it's an hour. I want to say the first season they have up is eight or ten episodes and they're like an hour long and it's one case per show or one unsolved mystery per show. Um, it seems like some of the episodes, maybe they uh, come full circle on like the, the case being solved. Some they don't. Um, where it's just like, hey, here's the, just this crazy story of this unsolved mystery. Um, so there's nothing too crazy about it. it it's very much that. It's very much a, an unsolved mystery for an hour. And if you're into watching that, I think it's very well done. Um, because I think Netflix is really good with this stuff. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. That is my guilty pleasure. There are several YouTube channels that I subscribe and follow. And that's that's like what they do like the mysterious yeah. case of so-and-so yeah. or the unsolved oh, yeah. mystery of blah 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 or <laughs> here are 10 crazy stories from from the unexplained yeah. subreddit like oh yeah I, like if you, if you want to go down a huge unsolved mysteries rabbit hole go to the subreddit our unsolved mysteries and sort by top of all time and some of them are just wild like where yeah. it's just like the fuck like it's just so crazy that like yeah I, like i'm the same way it's, i love crime documentaries but like um yeah unsolved mysteries are like it's really good so far and i i do go down those rabbit holes on a fairly regular basis so this might be right up my alley because like i mean the production value that will be what does it because like i wouldn't go back and watch like older episodes of unsolved mysteries but i mean if it has like a modern feel and a decent level of production value like i could see myself getting right into that it does. It's got a very modern, like kind of modern Netflix documentary uh, style to it. Um, and I think it's one of those things that they're going to keep doing seasons. Like, I don't think it's just a one season and done. Like, I think they're they're going to make an unsolved. They're going to they're revamping the unsolved mysteries TV show. Um, so, yeah, I watched like the first episode and I was totally on board with it because the first episode is here. Like, here's the quick pitch for um, the first episode is. This dude and his wife get married and then they're starting to leave this happy life and he goes out one night in a rush and ends up getting found in this parking garage uh, through a hole in the roof and there's a and it's just them trying to figure out what the fuck happened like it's it's very much that and apparently I was scanning through the episodes and apparently there's one that involves UFOs so I'm totally on board with that. Oh yeah, that sounds like right in my wheelhouse. I'm just gonna. I'll actually pull up. Uh, does it sh- kind of give a quick synopsis for each episode? So it is. Uh, yeah, so it looks like it's it's six episodes. Um, yeah, and like one of the episodes is just called Berkshire's UFO. So hmm. yeah, why not? Yeah, why not indeed? Um, but yeah, like it, it's totally solid. Um, uh, it's, it's very much Unsolved Mysteries. So it sounds like you go down the rabbit hole just as much as I do for Unsolved Mysteries. So I think you should probably check this out. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I get lost on the YouTubes and Reddit frequently. I, I do that too. Like quite often, I'll go down that rabbit hole. And uh, yeah, if, if, you're, if you're big into that, th- that is exactly what the show is, is 
here's an hour of an unsolved mystery and you're just watching it going man like what happened like this is crazy who knows what happened like it's very much that um mm-hmm. very much theory what happened oh i bet this person did it or that's crazy how the fuck did that happen right yeah so that's like like i said there's not really much to say about an unsolved mystery show other than it's an unsolved mystery <laughs> yeah exactly it, and if you're into that it it seems i've watched a episode and a half it seems very much netflix quality documentary wise which is usually a pretty good bar um so if you're into that you'll you'll almost certainly probably like this um if you're not into the netflix crime documentaries it's probably not for you yeah well it'll i feel like it'll be a good show to just kind of like put on while i'm doing stuff that's what i've been doing um when i watched the first episode like i just kind of threw it on while i was doing stuff and i was like this is really good um and i got like halfway through through an episode and then had to go do something but yeah like that's totally what it is um so yeah like it's good it is totally good because netflix hasn't really been filling my my randomness hole as of lately yeah like i get i usually get really excited when they put out a documentary like a crime documentary because um most of them are really good um so i've kind of been begging for like anything uh like a new one and this kind of seems like it's gonna fill that hole so yeah yeah i haven't been watching much on there other than periodically i'll watch episodes of the floor is lava but that's just for entertainment purposes only yeah although i will say the other day the girlfriend and i had our like routine movie night and we ended up watching the netflix original movie the lovebirds okay with uh kumail nanjiani okay i don't know if you're he was in the big sick and he was he played dinesh in silicon valley yep yeah i know who you're talking about yeah so we watched that and like i typically i don't care for rom-coms i know that that's your guilty pleasure but i don't care for them but i was uh i was pleasantly surprised i actually i quite enjoyed that movie i I laughed several times throughout it and yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't terrible if you haven't seen it considering you're the rom-com guy you should probably watch it it was it was pretty funny yeah, I usually uh, like round comes like I kind of got to be in the right mood where it's like, OK, like here's a Friday night after a long week. I'm going to have a few drinks and just watch a rom com. <laughs> totally yeah, well, turn off my brain. <laughs> yeah, well, add that to your cue then, because like his like sarcastic, like he his character is like one of those those people who like is very sarcastic and yet serious at the same time. And it just comes across hilarious. So a lot of his like one liners in that show, I was okay. like, it, it had me busting over. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I think the last Netflix movie I watched was uh, Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. That was the last one. I did what I did watch that one. I actually really, really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I I enjoyed it way more. It was going to be as good as it was. I thoroughly enjoyed it. No, I thought it it did really good. Um, Like, I think they they did the generic action thing where it's like, hey, action action guys got a super troubled past. but I also don't think that's the best part of that movie. I think uh, the action sequences were really, really well done. Like the fight yeah. choreography. Like that yeah. is what surprised me the most about it. And then for just uh, doing like a generic here is uh, the army guy that's got a troubled past and his family died. Like that, that story's been told a million times. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but how they kept usually when an action movie does that, it's they they say it at the beginning of the movie and then they never reference it again. Um, I felt at least they were competent enough to like actually make that kind of a thing um, with the story. Like they actually played on it way more, and I think they did it as good as you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was actually like really pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed that one as well. It was super solid, and I just like Hemsworth, so I was like, I'll watch this. I'll, I'll watch just, a Hemsworth action movie. Why not? Just another reminder of how Netflix is fucking crushing the game right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm now I'm browsing uh, just Netflix stuff, and yeah, yeah, they they've got a lot of good stuff. Well, and hopefully uh, they keep it that way. I mean, they keep fucking increasing prices, so my money my money better be going somewhere. Yeah, no shit. Yep. So yeah, that's that was basically what I watched this week. Yeah, that's really all. I didn't actually get a lot of uh, TV watching time, other than I finally caught up on the last two episodes of Billions. Okay, and I, now I have to wait for the goddamn break. I want, I don't know if there was one before their season break that I didn't watch or not. I think there's only six that are out, if I recall correctly. Um, what was the last? Okay. So, yeah, the last episode was... Um, was when they take the super smart drug that didn't actually make them smart. Yes, okay, so then I am caught up. I really did not like that episode. I really did not yeah, like I, that episode. I was not overly into it either. I, I just don't like the direction they're taking Axe in. Yeah. Like he don't get me wrong, like he's like the billionaire despicable kind of person. And I'm yeah. I'm totally on board with watching his season play out with him and his beef with that prince guy. Yeah. But I don't like how he's becoming this like you know, like a, a jealous baby essentially, right? Like he has her in his life this whole time, and all of a sudden, like now she's single and she's flirting with the freaking painter guy and now he's like getting upset about it and like video stalking her and shit like that. It's like, I don't, I don't like that weird oh, jealousy I, color. No, on I, him. I feel like they've taken um, the core strengths of what made acts great in the first few seasons. And now they're like almost writing them out, which I yeah, don't like. I definitely. And especially with that, that feeling too, with that last episode, like that's where I really felt like it, where I was like, Oh man, you, you took, when they take those pills to like be super smart, I was like, man, you just took the core strength of that character and flushed it down the fucking toilet. Cause like a core strength of X is like, he's this super smart finance whiz that's super shady. And then they're just well, like, you know what? I, he needs a limitless pill. And then I was like, oh, you took what was a great quality and just it, like dumped it down. And I was like, I, 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 I see where you're, I see where you're coming from with that criticism and I understand where you're coming from with that criticism. I don't, I didn't interpret it that way. I just saw it as Axe is like a fucking super smart, super brilliant investor guy. And he's like top of his class. And that one dude showed that like, he obviously had some, some good reactions to that pill. So then it was interesting to see like, what would happen if you take, you know, essentially the smartest guy in his field and elevate his smarts, even more yeah that, and that's that's a but, yeah it's mistake, but yeah. yeah it didn't it didn't play out the way i'd hope no um 
Yeah, I, I'm really curious where they go with this season. Like, I uh, one thing that I actually think they introduced in this season that I'm I'm kind of interested in is Chuck and that new chick at the university. That relationship I'm I'm fine with, but mind you, they don't give it a, a shit ton of screen time. So mm-hmm. I think they do it just enough where I'm like, oh, that's interesting enough, but they're also not like shoving it in my face. So maybe that's probably why I'm liking it. Yeah, um, I'm um, starting to question though what the whole point and the whole role of having the painter guy in there. Other than for like drama between him and and Wendy, because that, like that as like the a- last episode ends, he makes a comment that like he's really into rich old lady socialites who have big bank accounts, and that was kind of proven when she was like dismissing the one girl. And yeah, then on top, and then he kind of was like, "No, no, let's hear what she has to say." Yeah, I uh, I really have. Yeah, I also don't know why that painter is in there. And like, once they come back from this break, there's five episodes, and I have a feeling this show is like the season's going to end, and it's just there's going to have through all these kind of like what we talked about before, where they have all of these smaller storylines that are just seemingly like going off and doing their own thing, and there's no cohesive one story. Like, I feel like it, the season's going to end, and there's just going to be all those storylines just kind of like shit out of luck kind of like there like i i don't see where there's going to be a cohesive story for this season yeah and that's the problem when you start introducing too many main too many main characters it's the whole big bang theory problem all over again yeah and like maybe i could be wrong like maybe they they really tie it maybe they really tie it all together in this last half of the season but i'm just not seeing uh where they're going to do that or how they're going to do that um just because it seems like there hasn't been anything to tie together like it just seems like every character is going off and doing their own thing uh none of it ties or at least none of it ties together in a in a smart like narrative way um but i'll still watch i i I love the the two leads uh like chuck and axe like i think they're great like i'll still watch them even though i think they're kind of making axe not all that good Mm um but who knows like I'll, I'll still watch it because I, I like billions so yeah it's it's not leaving my queue anytime soon but no no it's not it's just uh i think this is one of the weaker seasons they've had so i'm curious curious where the season goes and i'm curious where they go after this i don't have has it been have they renewed it for new seasons i don't know i haven't i haven't read anything in my feed yet billions. uh uh, it doesn't look like it's been announced. So well, and they're, I imagine they probably won't announce until they finish airing. Or yeah, come close to finish airing the season, right? Yeah, and they'll get their viewer numbers and all that stuff. And... Yeah, because I mean, it didn't start start going again until what March? That sounds right. March yeah. or April, I think, is when the the season premiered. So I mean, I I think you'll we'll hear an announcement as to whether it's coming back, probably you know, closer to the end of the year. Yeah. October, November kind of thing. Yeah. See where it goes. Cause yeah, I'm yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious uh, that I, I would assume it gets picked up uh, for new season. Cause I think it does fairly well for them, but, but I don't know also where the numbers are, uh, where they are now. Like I know that show started off pretty strong. Like I think a lot of people were watching it, but I don't know what the temperature on it is now. Yeah. 
Only time will tell. Hopefully, at the very least, they get one more season so they try and do justice to the end. But... Yeah. Like, hopefully, this isn't the last season. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the show is on Fox where they just pull the plug on shows like when they're starting to get fucking good. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So, but yeah, well, yeah. So other than that, that's that's all uh, that's all I've seen this week. Yeah, that's all I got this week. All right. Well, then maybe we should sign off and reconvene in a week's time. Works for me. All right. Sounds good. <laughs>